Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the ninth day of January. I'm Paul, and thanks for joining me as we get your work week started on a Monday by looking at the eighth verse of Mark chapter one on our continuing journey. We're just in the very beginning stages. This is really just our second week of looking at the gospel of Mark. And we're about to meet Jesus in the next verse. In verse 9, Jesus comes on the scene. Before we do that, let's reread verse 8. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John looking back and then looking forward. The looking back is I baptized you, immersed you, cleansed you physically with water. He's going to baptize you in the he here is Jesus. We, we met Jesus by name in the first verse, but that was merely the, the author setting us up for what the gospel looked like. Here's the first physical reference to Jesus without calling him Jesus. John is telling the assembled crowds, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, John doesn't indicate whom this is, when they're going to meet him, But I can't help but believe that John has had this idea his entire life that he is in the family of the Messiah. He's heard his own birth story, no doubt. I mean, who doesn't hear the story of their birth from their parents? Zechariah's the story of going mute because he doubted the angel when he said that his wife would bear a son. Uh, John, probably like any other kid, asked his parents, why'd you name me what you named me? And there's a story behind it because John is not a family name. And by receiving that name, or that name rather, is the name given to his father by the angels that he's supposed to be called John. John is at its root, um, a, a, a word that in to the Hebrews indicated grace. Um, and so grace preceding the arrival of the Savior, of the Redeemer. He no doubt has heard the stories that his mom told him, Elizabeth, about encountering Mary and their relatives. And so John and Jesus are likely cousins. And we've got to think that they knew one another as children. We don't know what their ideas were as to their place in the world, but you can't have that kind of birth that kind of announcement over your birth without having some form of influence on how you live your life or what you make of yourself, especially in that culture where the process of becoming what you will become was much quicker. We allow people up in well into their 20s or almost 30 before they're sort of figuring out what they're going to do. We don't put any pressure to get married until you're nearly 30. Uh, then you start to sort of get that social pressure. In that day and age, It was much younger than that. Uh, Women, when they hit puberty, were expected to start to get married and start having children. Life expectancy was low. Um, Men were with an apprentice before they were 18. They were apprentices, rather, before they were 18, learning a trade. And they were marrying young, having children young, and dying young. so we know that that in that day and age, the, the speed up would have been much higher. We know Jesus comes at age 30, John's slightly older than him. At that age in that culture, you're a, you're a full-blown 
teacher. That is, you've reached that age where, and in fact, John is just a few months older than Jesus, and no one had a public ministry before the age of 30. So we're to assume that John establishes his public ministry, and then only a few months later, Jesus comes. I'm of the persuasion that John believes it's Jesus. He believes Jesus is the one but because they're in a culture that doesn't sort of have their 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 ministry coming out party until you're 30, John beats Jesus to that age, starts his ministry as sort of a paving way for the one who is to come and fully expects that Jesus is going to come right behind him and be the one. So when he says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, we don't hear him say Jesus will baptize you, but we do know, I think, that he knows it. So the fact that he doesn't say it is to me an indication that John knows it's not his job to unveil Christ. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. What he does believe, no doubt, is that it's his cousin. And he knows, based on the Old Testament scriptures, what's going to happen when he comes. He says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which is a radical notion that might be based on Isaiah 44, verse 3. Listen to Isaiah 44, 3. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. That's as close as you get in the Old Testament canon to a verse that says he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. For Isaiah, to hear God say, I will pour water on the thirsty, flood on the ground, and my spirit on your descendants. He's equating the spirit with water, the spirit with a flood. And John the Baptist then makes a stretch and equates that if the spirit is falling like a flood, that's akin to baptism. So he makes a connection and he makes it up. He makes it up based upon the inference of Isaiah 44, that just like water on dry ground, the Spirit will be poured on people. So he thinks, if I'm here pouring water on people, when he comes, he'll pour the Holy Spirit on people. And the Holy Spirit is categorized, uh, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. When we get into the, uh, the other Gospels, he says the Holy Ghost and with fire, because the Holy Spirit is always equated with fire of God. And and fire is um, not punishment or punitive, but purative. It's why fire falls on the sacrifice is to cleanse the sacrifice of its sin. And if you say, well, the sacrifice needs burned as a sign of death, it's already dead when it hits the altar. So the fire is to cook out whatever impurities are there. It's already dead. It needs not be burned now that it's dead. And so the baptism with the Holy Spirit is going to be a Jesus work. Christ is going to be the one who fans us over with the Holy Spirit, burns us over with the Holy Spirit. This is a theme that Mark will have his Jesus return to. And it's interesting that the last words spoken before Jesus arrives in Mark's gospel speak of him baptizing with the Holy Spirit. Mark's going to go back to the theme of fire. It's it's Mark that will have Jesus saying, we will all be salted with fire, a statement that 
holds enormous implications that we're going to, it's going to be our honor to dig into. Tomorrow we finally meet him by name as Jesus arrives to be baptized. We'll see you then. God bless.